Hello and welcome to episode 9 of Big Tech Little Tech. We're recording this the day after Queen Elizabeth II passed away, which somehow feels strange. I'm in the UK, where we will formally begin a period of national mourning. How has the news been received in Spain, Rick? Um, sad. I think uh, amongst certainly the, the the UK community out here, uh, just a general outpouring of grief and sadness, but in a but without that kind of shock. My my reflection is that what a great legacy. Seventy three years married, seventy years loyalty to a to a job and her country. A great example of some old-fashioned values without kind of being too kind of overly nostalgic. I think it's uh, it's a very sad passing and it's a very difficult thing for um, uh, the royal family. I mean, because, you know, Charles has been, you know, waiting there and I don't know how old he is. He must be 70 now. Well, he's 73, I think. Yeah. What will he be? King Charles III, will he, I guess? King Charles III, apparently, officially. Anyway, lest we become mournful this episode, let's, let's carry on. Uh, let's inject some energy into our listeners' lives yes. and talk talk about the interesting tech we've come across recently. So what's caught your curious eye, Rick? Well, the story that caught my eye, this is less about the sort of tech and more about the, the, the tech company. So it was Facebook. Ah. And uh, they got their biggest ever fine this week. They got uh, fine, or last week, they got fined 405 million euros from the European Union. Okay. And it came because of um, mishandling of teenagers' data on Instagram. It's got a, a shocking story, really, about the complete neglect and cavalier way in which they handle really sensitive data. Are we, are we surprised? Uh, we shouldn't be surprised. I mean, for, the irony is, is that it's the same week that there were some court documents unsealed from the, you know, Facebook are, uh, are in court, uh, Zuckerberg's in court in the States on this kind of ongoing Cambridge Analytica uh, right. story. Back in March, they had a hearing and two Facebook engineers, senior ex-engineers, basically said in court Facebook doesn't actually know where it stores its user data. It doesn't keep a, like a, a, a record. It doesn't keep a directory. If you said to Facebook, where's all Rick and Sean's data, they can't actually just point to it. They'd have to go find it. Mm. The thing that struck me about this, this uh, fine was that what Facebook were doing was they were letting 13-year-olds set up business accounts. And this is the problem because a business account, by definition, ha- is open, right? It has email addresses, phone numbers publicly displayed b- because it's treated as a business account, not a personal account. Well, how can mm-hmm. a 13-year-old be allowed to set up a business account? It's crackers, isn't it? But, you know, the, the sad thing about it is that although it's a big number, $405 million, it's, not, it's the second largest fine from the EU. It's a slap on the wrist. They, Facebook made $39 billion last year profit. What happens to that 400 million, do you know? I don't, you know, I don't know. I guess it just goes back into the coffers of the um, European Union. I'd be interested to know where it goes, you know, did did they then pour it into into safety initiatives and things like that? Um, It's the the Data Protection Commissioner that has led the two-year investigation and come up with a finding is Ireland's Data Protection Commissioner. So, um, but I guess it just goes into the EU coffers. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and for us people well, that live in the European Union, more money for our roads and you know parks and stuff. Well, I'm not going to talk EU. I'm going to talk EV because, ah. uh, as you know, I like electric vehicles. And and my tech of the week uh, is Canoo, and you may have heard the brand Canoo, mm-hmm. so C A N W O, and they've been working on these electric vans uh, in America for quite some time now. They've actually got a couple of big contracts. I think one of them's the U.S. Army. I think the other one's NASA, believe it or not. But they've actually 
got a, a a retail deal now with Walmart. So I think food deliveries are going to be uh, using these uh, canoes. Walmart are going to use these canoes mm-hmm. to to actually deliver food to people in America. I thought that was fantastic because this van looks great. Now, I know that there are people on one side of the EV argument that says, do you know what, I don't want my electric vehicle to look like a spaceship. And then there's people who, on the other side, a bit like me, still want some sort of design aesthetic away from our ugly vans. Yeah. Now, we ha- we have ugly vans. I mean, particularly in the UK, we've got ugly vans. I actually looked up the top 10 uh, or, or something like the best EV vans of 2022. And do you know, they were all brands you've heard of, you know, like Renault, mm. Volkswagen, but they all look the they same. They all look the cars, yeah. But this canoe looks terrific, and they've actually designed it. Mm. I've just Googled it now as you speak, and, and I can see, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. There was, it's like Space 1999. It's the sort of thing. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, it's like, yeah when dude, I start, Eagle Transport. Yeah, exactly, and, yeah. Yeah, love yeah that, no, yeah. I like that. No, I like that. And what, what's neat about it, when you compare it with, say, like Tesla's Cybertruck, which is the ugliest thing oh, yeah. in the entire world. I mean, I just don't get that at all. No, I think even Jerry Anderson, who created Space 1999, would have looked at that design and gone, no, yeah. no, I don't think so. If you want to go to design, <laughs> you just look at Apple, which is what we're going to come on to. There's, which is what we're going to come on to. There's no way yeah. Steve Jobs would have ever come up with Cybertruck. Not a chance. Not in a million, million gazillion years. So, uh, no, I like, I've, I've, just, I've just looked at it now. Yeah, good picture. I hadn't seen the story. Are these EVs, are they going to be autonomous or semi-autonomous driving? Or well, perhaps so, perhaps in the future. But I think right now they've just built it specifically for people who use vans. Mm. So I don't know if you can see on what you're looking at, but you've got a, a windscreen, right? But you've got a little window below it as well. So you can see, you know, sort of a bumper level and you can see small things that are in front of your van. Mm. And and it's just very simplistic and, you know, made for people who are going to be using them uh, in a common sense way. And I, I just think they're terrific. And I hope they come over here. Well, that would that would suit me because I'm still because I, you know, I'm, obviously I'm significantly older than you in style fashion. I still like to have a man walk in front of my car with a flag. So by <laughs> this window means that I'd be able to see them. <laughs> Here's the news. Netflix is in trouble with Saudi and Gulf Cooperation Council media watchdogs who claim that homosexual content violates Islamic and societal values and principles. They are demanding the removal of all offensive content. The Six Nation Council comprises Saudi Arabia, Bahrain, Kuwait, Oman, Qatar and the United Arab Emirates. The Brazilian government says Apple can no longer sell iPhone products without a bundle charger in Brazil. The order comes from Brazil's Ministry of Justice and Public Security. According to Engadget, United Airlines has ordered 200 flying taxis from Eve Air Mobility. The airline is pouring millions of dollars into flying taxi projects with a view to achieving its zero emissions target by 2050. The UK's Competitions and Markets Authority has raised concerns about Microsoft's £59.6 billion deal to buy games publisher Activision Blizzard. A spokesperson said the biggest ever gaming industry merger could substantially lessen competition in gaming consoles, multi-game subscription services and cloud gaming services. (laughs) 
Alright, we're going to discuss Apple's recent Far Out event, which was streamed on the 7th of September. Lots of fun stuff, Rick. Do you usually watch the Apple events, by the way? And, and what do you? No, I don't. What do you think of their post-pandemic presentations? Um, well, no, I don't. I mean, I think this was a two-hour live-streamed event. Um, yeah. And I, no, I would follow it up afterwards. I think um, I, I'm a massive fan of Apple. That you know, they do brilliant, uh, extremely sort of sexy and appealing videos. And so I'm, I'm happy to kind of catch up with them afterwards. And I didn't do this one. I thought it's a really nice touch from Apple to update their homepage with a photo and tribute to, uh, to our queen I saw last that. night. I yeah, thought that was a, that was nice. a very nice, very, very tasteful. So uh, thank you, Apple for doing that. That was a good thing. Um, but the other thing, I don't know if you saw, there was a, there was a story about a fake, um, streaming of the far out with a 2018 version of tim cook speaking and apparently seventy thousand people on youtube tuned in to watch this uh this scam i hadn't heard that yeah yeah yeah. so it's um you know i think it was they quickly found out that it was an old version of tim but it just goes to show how uh attractive these events are but no i i I didn't i didn't bother uh, tuning in it wouldn't be for me uh, I'll follow up. All the, I haven't got enough time to be honest to spend two hours watching. No, so you like those, you know, the, the roundup ones you see on YouTube where it says everything Apple announced in five minutes. Whereas I'm, I'm the, I'm the nerd that watches the whole thing streaming. If I wasn't doing anything else, then, um, then, then maybe <laughs> I was, but I haven't got two hours to. Uh, that's nine holes of golf, Sean. I can ride to the bi- the beach and back twice in that time. So no, I haven't. But you watched it for this episode, did you? Tell me. You no, didn't. I didn't watch it for this episode. You didn't? I, no, I watched all of. Oh. The, I tell you what, I did though. Apple's got a, a Apple on their YouTube channel have a dozen um, short videos which are all about the detail. Uh, on the headlines right. of the detail, I look at Apple from a strategic perspective, in, as opposed to a, a consumerist. I'm I'm a big fan of Apple, but I don't have an iPhone. I'm more interested in the message they're giving and the direction they're taking. Yeah, which to, which to me, you know, is really all about making lifestyle products. They're not phones or watches or earphones. There are integrated lifestyle products that will make your life richer and safer. Um, and better and and everything is around how do you you just live your life you can't live it without apple is basically their message yeah well well let's see if we can we, you know we'll probably diverge on on how we approach our little discussion here then because we'll come at it from different angles but i th- i think that might be of value to to the listener so we've got three big things to talk about haven't we we've got the iphone the watch and the airpods yeah. so well, let's start with the iphone start with the iphone yeah, so obviously we've got uh, the different models and we've got the pro version. Um, did anything stand out to you to make you think, do you know what, I might actually buy an iPhone this year? Yes, uh, although I think I'm more likely to buy a watch. We'll come on to that in a second. Okay. Um, I was particularly drawn by the, the pro um, and the pro max because that's really a camera that's doubling up as a phone now. Um, and I was quite impressed with the, the technology. How how many really small bits of physical things can they get into into a, a frame that's about six inches or six, seven inches wide? I mean, it's just unbelievable. Now those new chips that I on the video said four trillion operations. Yeah, it's just it's just mind boggling. Forty eight megapixel pixel yeah. camera with four lenses. Um, yeah, it's 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 amazing. And I always remember back in nineteen eighty. I was I was a junior computer operator, and we upgrade our mainframe from 16k memory to 64k <laughs> memory. That's a k, yeah. people, and yeah. it like transformed us. We were, we couldn't believe it. we were finishing our work eight hours later, and here we are. We're talking about 
a phone. I mean, by, the computer room was the size of a five-side football pitch, so it was huge. So This is the strange thing. You know, we, last episode we mentioned Artemis, uh, mm. who's going to try and get back to the moon eventually. Even the second launch was, was delayed. And uh, isn't the cliche that in our iPhone there's more technology than the original um, yeah. <laughs> moon lander? Yeah, yeah. So why can't we go back? Yeah, yeah. Why can't we just power these new yeah. rockets with iPhones? <laughs> well, even just the, like the, the aborted launch the first time around, you just think, well, you know, you I don't know, what are they spending, $100 billion or something on this program? Oh, it's and, and, well, it's probably more now. Yeah, yeah. Although I think, you know, to be honest, when it comes to space rocket technology, um, SpaceX have really nailed that one a great deal anyway coming back to to the iphone so um but well that might be a nice thing to mention though because you know our friend mr elon musk already has uh, a lot going on in satellites doesn't he and this phone is now going to reach out to satellites it is yeah mm. yeah it's got uh, it's got a satellite uh, um communication so for emergency if there's no mobile or what they call in america cellular coverage you can do an emergency SOS by connecting to satellites. And what I noticed was Elon Musk, never one to miss an opportunity for a bit of self-promotion, tweeted on the 7th, you know, after the event, I've been in talks with Apple about using space uh, um, Starlink. And I thought, you, you're even writing off the back of, off the back of that because he wasn't mentioned by Tim Cook. But anyway, he kind of wrote off the back of that. Because you think about the iPhone, basically what they're saying is that it, it's got crash detection uh, technology now with this g-force accelerometer and gyroscope sensors all that kind of stuff um, it's got an, uh, a, a satellite emergency sos type of connectivity so, and, and it's rugged and it's waterproof and all those kind of things and they're basically saying you should always have an iphone with you and it will protect you or it will get you out of a jam and one of the great videos that is on the youtube channel is um there are a bunch of apparent apple customers reading letters to tim cook and it's basically whether they're real life stories or marketing, I don't know. But a guy who's been fallen into the ice, a guy who got trapped into a garbage bin, you know, somebody who's who's um, blind who gets stuck. And basically, what they're saying is because of their uh, watch, it's the same. You know, it's the same technology. They were able to get out of their predicament. And I think this is the sort of general message that's coming across with all these devices: is that it's not just a phone; it's a lifestyle device that will keep you safe and well. Well, that's the interesting thing, I think, about how Apple does market itself and its products. And they've done this for years and years where they've gone for how people interact with the products, that it's not about the product itself. It's about what we do with them and, and what they can be used for. Um, and that's sort of against the whole, you know, we've we've filled up computers with 900 gigabytes of so-and-so you know they there are there's a time and a place when they do that themselves where they big up tech specs mm. especially at these events but they generally market themselves in what is a person going to use this yeah. for what are they going to create today and and i i like that i think that's what i bought into in the first place well you, it goes back to steve jobs when he uh, launched the i you know remember when he, he first launched the ipod mm. a thousand songs in your pocket I mean, there was no nothing. It's you know, look at this device with a forty-eight megabyte disc or whatever, whatever the technology was. It was just down to the utility of it. Well, he put it in real terms, yeah. which is songs, number of songs. That's real life terms. Yeah, people can relate to that, and it sort of clearly works. I, I mean, you know me; I've always got kind of the, the, the stats. It was one hundred and eighty billion dollars of sale of of iPhones sold last year. One hundred and eighty billion dollars just selling iPhones. Yeah, and then the market leader. They have over 50% of the market 
every every bit of the iPhone market that they touch. The only place they don't succeed is the low end. And the the unique thing about this, Sean, is not only do they got this huge scale, right? They're selling so you know millions, hundreds of millions of iPhones a year. Their margins are so high. I mean, they've come down a bit, but even the iPhone 13 still had a 50% margin. It's just incredible. It's like Ferrari margins with Toyota uh, scale. Well, I'm not changing this year. Um, I, I usually change every year because it, it doesn't cost much more once you do the trade-in and you know that sort of thing. So, um, But I'm not going to change this year because I, I think the improvements, they're, they're good. They're really good. I mean, for instance, I'll give you a for instance. I'm I'm big on the video camera usage, and now you can do a cinematic mode in 4K, which you couldn't on the iPhone yeah. 13 Pro. Um, and the true depth cameras are better, and Dynamic Island looks fantastic. Talk about owning the notch. But I'm going to skip this one. I'm going to wait for the 15, I think. And do you know what that comes down to for me a little bit? It's more expensive in the UK. We've we used to be on parity, and now it's it's more. And uh, you know, a lot of it is to do with where the pound is with the dollar. The weakness in the in the pound um, is definitely not helping you. But it's interesting that there's already been quite a bit written about the fact that the the pricing for the fourteen is going to be roughly the same as the thirteen in the United States and China, which are its two biggest okay. markets. But the prices in the UK, Germany, and Japan, which are its next three biggest markets, the prices have all been raised. You know, you could kind of use that argument of foreign exchange for the domestic U.S. market, um, but China as well. You know, so yeah. Um, know. But yeah. you know, it's it's uh, they you know they make things in China, so maybe you know the the cost dynamics you know work it out that way. Of course, I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah. So what do you th- what do you think of Dynamic Island then? That that's quite a nice bit of tech, isn't it? Oh, I love that. I have to say, me too. I, I love that, and and it reminded me of because I think Jobs. At the beginning, one of the things they always marketed the original iPhones was that it's all display. I think they kind of made this thing about they were really the first to sort of say, you know, you've because you because the iPhone was the first without buttons and all that kind of stuff. And the whole point was the the original iPhone was just a display, just a screen, and everything mm. was. And of course, the notch, which you know where the notch come in, it was for Face ID. You know, the front yeah. front camera was when they introduced face recognition and. The, and then, of course, it was a physical thing, so they couldn't. But as I like the Dynamic Island. Do you want to explain to our listeners, if they haven't seen it, what Dynamic Island is? Yeah, so, I mean, the, the famous notch that, that people took the mickey out of and, and competitors took the mickey out of when, when Apple first brought out the notch. It's, you know, where the camera sits at the top of the phone and it kind of cuts into the, the, uh, the UI, the, the mm. interface. Um, and uh, everyone copied it, of course, because <laughs> where were they going to put their cameras? And uh, but in, in they've doubled down on it, Apple, and in, you know, in, they've taken a lot of ribbing for it, but they've gone and enhanced the notch, as it were. So, so what happens is where, where the notch is on the camera, it doesn't now connect only on the pro versions, I should say. It doesn't now connect to the top of the camera, uh, top of the phone, as you look at it. It's separate. It's like a pill. Um, and you can interact with it now. So it's part of the software and whatever you're doing, whatever app you've got open or, or whatever the iPhone is doing for you at the time, it will change the notch. It will shrink. It will enlarge. It will become a square. It, it's just a great implementation. Well, I haven't used it, but it looks fantastic. Yeah. I think it's a great implementation of, of uh, hardware and software coming together. Love it. Yeah, yeah. No, I think they've done a terrific job. It's actually one of those things that when you look at 
in terms of an innovation. It's a genuine Apple innovation. A lot of the other stuff we talk about is what's just I agree. natural progression. You know, you're going to add more sensors. You're going to add these things in which allow certain things to happen. But this is something of like, this is someone's obviously in the R&D team sat down and worked out, how do we fix this like niggly irritation yeah. <laughs> um, and get back to the basics? And now you can, you know, Apple can say the whole screen is a screen and you've got a front camera that goes through it. So it's, uh, yeah. I think it's a, it's, a, it's a great feature. Before we move on, can we talk for a minute about the eSIMs and the, the SIM card trays not being in the US uh, version of the phones? What do you think of that? Oh, it's great. Um, I, so a couple of years, I was, in a, I was in an accident on a boat which capsized in the river. And it wasn't a very pleasant experience at the time. It wasn't expected either. We were meant to go over. But I lost everything because I, I had a, I, I, the reason I went to Android was because I have two SIM cards because I've got Spanish and a UK number. And I went... At, two years ago or 18 months ago to try and get um, an iPhone that would give me with an eSIM. And it was just impossible. Um, but I would have one. It would be a reason for me to, um, to, to go to an iPhone now because it just makes perfect sense. And the idea that... Well, eSIM... I'm sorry to interrupt, Rick, but the eSIM was in the last iteration of the iPhone as well. But I, I think the news here is that there's going to be no tray for a physical car. Yeah, yeah. Just in the American... Uh, yeah, well, it's just not. Yeah, but the problem with the eSIM is that you also need the provider. It's it's one thing to have the you know the software and in the phone, but the the, the you know because the, the SIM card is the connection, isn't it? But the encrypted connection between the mobile mast and the the physical device. So you you need it to be enabled there. And it was I needed what what I, Apple have have come up with now. Well. Uh, you're right. The point is that it's, it, you've just removed the tray, but the tray is now redundant, you know, because, but the issue they're going to have is that the other side needs to also be eSIM enabled. So the mobile operators need to also be ready to, to uh, operate on a, uh, on a digital SIM card as opposed to a physical one. Yeah. I hope I haven't confused you, Rick, because the actual eSIM capability was in the last phone. Yeah. It was already there in iPhone 13. I know. You, I kind of slightly jumped ahead. I was <laughs> no, you, no, but you didn't confuse me. No, because I saw that the tray had gone, but the, the technology for the eSIM. But not for, not for the phones outside of America. Did you know that? Okay. I didn't see that. That's what they you mentioned. You see, this is the yeah. difference between you watching the detail and me just skimming the top. <laughs> ah, okay. Right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> there you go, listeners. That's why you, that's, <laughs> hey, that's why you get two for the price of one. Statistics Corner. A billion people use wearable devices worldwide. There is a 10% increase in demand for them year over year, and fitness wearables are the most popular. 83% of people want their wearable device to offer standalone features that don't need a connection to a smartphone. The market size of the wearable tech industry is worth more than $25 billion a year, and 40% of people say their smartwatches help to decrease the time spent looking at their smartphones. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. And, and the one I got there is, you know, Apple Watch is about 55% market share of, of, all, of all watches. Well, you can mention that now if you like. So we're going to talk about the Apple Watch right. now. So let's come to that. So go on, t- tell me more about the economy behind it then. Well, first off, the thing that, um, the thing that struck me most about the watch, and we'll go through all of the, I mean, it's got an array of kind of features and functions. But the kind of tagline for the watch is the future of health is on your wrist. Mm. And I thought that is a really key message because the whole point of the watch is it's not there to tell time. It's actually there to protect you. 
um, is to keep you safe, is to tell you what's going on. So when you look at all of the things that they're really pushing, um, they're not talking about how accurate the watch is. Like the old, you know, if you go back to Rolex, it was always about swish, 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 swish accuracy. Swish. Whereas, yeah. you know, now you kind of take that for granted. What they're saying is that the GPS will pinpoint you uh, extremely accurately. Um, and it can do things like measure your ECG and your sleep rate and all those things. So for me, the watch is really around Tim Cook's ambition to put Apple in healthcare. And I think he said in the past, he wants Apple's legacy to be around health and the well-being of its of its users. And I think that watch... And they've done so much on it already, I think. It's it's fantastic. And they're, they're taking things to new levels with these new watches, I think. Oh, my, oh, definitely. I mean, it's just... But there's all sorts of things. I mean, it's just neat things. like <laughs> You know, it, it can tell whether you're doing the breaststroke or the backstroke, you know, when you're swimming. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's got a self-drying device. Did you see that? When, when you get out of a... When you get out of a swimming pool, the phone spits the water out. <laughs> crazy. It's, like, it's, it's Marty McFly, you know, his self-drying jacket, and, and now you can put yeah, the, the watch on. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Now, that, that chunky Ultra watch, though, um, you know, we're, we're moving on from, from the normal watch. I've mm. forgotten what number eight. we're on now, to be honest. We're on eight, mm. thank you. So moving on from that, because, you know, I've only ever had one um, Apple Watch, and I got it for the health benefits. Now, the trouble I have is my eyesight isn't as good as it used to be. And I can't see the bloody thing ah. because I only need glasses for when I'm reading. I don't need them on when I'm out walking or whatever. So then I can't see my watch. Yeah. I can't see what it says. Now, this chunky ultra one is bigger and it seems right up my street. But boy, is it expensive. What are they selling at? I haven't looked at the price. They're selling at £849 in the UK. Wow. I know. And whereas I think the normal 8 version is uh, around about £400, so half the price. Yeah. But I've got to say that I'm, I'm really impressed when they started talking about it. I thought, wow, they're not just coming out with a new version of, of the, the thing that we've seen for the last three years. They've actually redesigned something, and I love that. People can spend a huge amount of money on watches. You yeah. know, and, and I know lots of people that think nothing of spending thousands of pounds on a watch. So £849 isn't bad, is it? Well, it, it, it's, <laughs> it's perspective, isn't it? I mean, I, and it's doing so much more than just get, telling you the time. Oh, yeah, it is. Uh, and, yeah. and they just look great as well. I look around. I've lots of friends that wear, I don't, I haven't worn a watch for about six years. Well, you live in Spain. You tell the time by the, the goats going past the house with the bells ringing. I'm like Crocodile Dundee. I just look up at the sky. <laughs> I just look up at the sun and I think, yeah, okay, it's 4.15, more or less. <laughs> I mean, like everything in Spain happens, but eventually. So it doesn't really matter as long as you know roughly which hour you're in. Um, but no, I haven't, I haven't watched Water Watch, but I'm seriously tempted by the, the Apple Watch for exactly the reasons you just said, which is for health. Um, I don't have trouble sleeping, but my wife does. You know, what they just tell you about measuring things like your REM sleep and um, what's going on, I think would be very beneficial to her. My father-in-law um, got an Apple Watch and it turned out he had an irregular heart rhythm. Well, I never. Yeah, and he would not have known that had he not got the watch. Yeah. But you see, this, I, I don't know if you picked up, I mean, it doesn't, doesn't affect uh, me, but they, can, they detect the temperature changes in, when you're sleeping down the watch so that if you're, if you're a, a female ovulating, they can tell when you're fertile isn't that incredible though did you see the tech behind that did you see how they explain the technology behind no, it? no go on 
So it actually has a, a temperature sensor in the watch, but it has two. So it has one at the base near your skin, and then it has one further away towards the top of the watch so that it, it, the first one's not getting an inaccurate reading. So the other one is almost supervising the other temperature sensor to make sure that external influences don't affect the result. Well, it's like how they triangulate your, the voice. If you speak into the phone, uh, to your watch, they have three... Um, microphones and they can triangulate. So if you're trying to speak in, so it's, it's windy, yeah, or you're stuck up a mountain or whatever, then um, they they can improve the uh, the sound quality. It is amazing this technology. Do you know, just briefly, I'm sorry, Rick. I wanted to ask you because time is running out, and really want us to get to AirPods as well. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what do you think is behind Apple's extreme sport angle? It's not just about health, all of this, isn't it? Have you, have you noticed it's all about being lost in the mountains? or? Well, I think this comes back to the kind of lifestyle, what I said at the very beginning. If you look at, you know, Apple are saying, these are not just gadgets. These, these, are, these are things that you won't go anywhere without. You won't, you know, you will always have your watch with you. You'll always have your phone with you. And uh, it's all about keeping you safe. And, and what they're doing is they're building a, a connection between the gadget, the technology, and the, the, the user where they, the two of them cannot be disconnected. In the old days, if we went out and we'd forgot our phone, it would be old, an irritation. If we go out and forget our wallet, that's, that's you know, serious, you know, that's seriously um, awkward. But now you're going to say the situation, you go, you go out without your phone or your watch, you're, you're seriously going to be uh, uh, hamstrung. And I think this, they've just picked a particular angle where there's lots of people that are doing activities i mean not many not many people are going up the mountains or in those extreme no. sports but we are walking we are running we are playing sports and these devices are all giving us feedback and they're all giving us value-added information and they're telling us what's going on and i think it's a lifestyle and there's a there's a i mean i like that kind of stuff i like data um i like seeing that displayed on me uh, back to me in terms of where i've been and what i've done and how i'm doing so I think it's all lifestyle, Sean. All right, let's come to the AirPods. I think you said you are still on the old AirPods. Am I right? Yeah, I'm on the first generation uh, AirPods. Yeah, you haven't tried the Pro, have you? The AirPods Pro. No, and, and I'll be honest, I'm sort of a reluctant. I mean, I did look at the AirPods. I was, of the three things we're talking about, the AirPods were the ones that I, you know, I, it didn't really kind of sell me as to, well, maybe I need to spend some money and upgrade. I've been disappointed with my AirPods. I bought them because my daughter raved about hers. And the clarity when I was talking to her on the phone was great. She'd be in the car and whatever. And I thought, well, I'll do them. But, you know, battery life's short and they're a pain and whatever. So I'm, I can't say I'm sold on them, but I see they're doing loads of things. And I think for some people, they, you know, they would use them more than I do. I would never wear them outside, for example. I'd be too frightened of losing them. And right, I, I'm an enthusiastic AirPods fan, um, and I got the AirPods Pro, and I thought it was a, a step change. I think it's one of the best products that Apple makes. I really do. Really? Uh, yeah, I do. Wow. And the AirPods Pro is just, you know, when you when you actually do that lovely little sound when you press the side of it, and it kicks in the noise cancellation. It's just awesome, you know, in these tiny form factor. And now with these new AirPods, I am actually tempted to upgrade on this oh. because what you just mentioned there, they've improved the battery as well. So the battery is so much better in these, last a lot longer. They've doubled down on improved noise reduction as well, mm. so it's twice as good. They've introduced spatial audio. What does that mean, Sean? I have to say, I saw that. I don't know what that means. 
I'm not going to try to explain it in a technical way, but I'll explain it from an Apple Music way, that a lot of the music that's put on Apple Music now is uh, remastered with this kind of, I'm just going to say the word, spatial. It makes it almost feel as if the group, the band, is in the room with you. It's quite a weird feeling. Right. So, you you know, you, you've gone a long way from the mono sound of, of the original Sgt. Pepper's to then hearing it in stereo. But if you heard it now in spatial audio, it's just another different level. You're almost in Abbey Road with, with the... Okay, so it's more of an, eff- an effect and it's more yes, like a surround is. sound type thing is what you're saying is that it's yes but you but it can only be on remastered music you can't just turn it on for any okay. music so apple have got this in apple music oh, okay yeah. okay oh well that's yeah. good because now it, it was only available i think on in the airpods pro max which is the big headphones but now it's in the airpods oh wow which you can fit in your pocket and that, that's something else i think that's brilliant the thing that i liked about the airpods and i was and i and i think you'll see more of this is airpods as a hearing aid you know you talked about like the the noise cancellation has now got two times and stuff but you you could you could see a situation when the airpod will also double up for a lot of people not 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 everybody that needs uh hearing aids but people that maybe are hard of hearing they already have this rick it was introduced in the last model i believe yeah yeah i think it's going to go further and, and they they I, what I what I didn't see on this one was them kind of like really promoting it, saying it's for the hard of hearing. They're kind of promoting it as we'll boost the sound, so we'll we'll make it cl- clearer and easier for you to hear with, and we'll cut out all of the interference around you, which is one, yeah. which is kind of like looking at it one way. But if you look at it the other way, and you say to somebody, instead of you needing hearing aids, or if you're just if you know, particularly as you get a bit older, so I I, I think there is a more like the health care line just making your life easier i think i think that's going to be a line that they'll pursue but yeah i think so there were a lot of things in in this presentation i think that's where i was coming from on the extreme sports angle Mm. as well is that they went for that they didn't talk about um payment technology for instance which we all know the watch and the iphones can do Mm. um so there was a there was a specific thing they wanted to go for in this presentation and and, uh yeah made it made it all feel quite different and of course it won't be long before we, we add in another device there, which will be the, the glasses. So maybe this time next year, there'll be, uh, there'll be Apple glasses in amongst this, uh, this, this, this well, list of gadgets. Save our money for that one. All right, so coming to the end of the episode now, and as usual, Rick, I've uh, got something in mind for you. Hold your horses, so- cowboy. Oh. Hold your horses. I've got one for you. Go on. Well, you're always throwing these things at me, you know, which are coming out of left field. I thought it was about time I asked you one and, th- and got. Are you turning the tables? I'm turning the tables, and we're going to do our version of Desert Island Discs. Oh, please do. Okay. Go on then. So you're stranded, but you do have you do have some things like that. You've got internet, you've got electricity, you've got food and water. So those creature comforts you can expect, right? Because they're ubiquitous now. But you are. It's just you, mm. right? There's just you. There's no me anymore. So the first question is: You've got one piece of technology that you can take with you. What would it be? The first thing in my head then was it's got to be something Apple. But I think I'm being led because we've been talking about it for the last 40 minutes. Yeah. But maybe it's something else. Maybe it's maybe it's actually an electric car. Oh. I wouldn't have to make a shack. You could live in it. and I could just, I could live in the car. Move around the island. And right now, I, th- I think if I was going to pick one, I would pick the car we've actually got. And it's the Hyundai Ionic 5. Well, I never... 
you've taken my breath away because I never expected. I thought you were going to come up with a piece of Apple technology. That's I've written notes. <laughs> so, so the next, you, there's more. Yeah. Oh, go on. You're allowed to take one Spotify playlist. You can pick one artist or one genre, but the genre's got to be quite narrow. You can't just say everything that's rhythm and blues or something. Right. All right. Well, well, for for this, it's a tough one. I- and I'm, I'm an Apple Music user as well. Rather oh, okay, well, you can have Apple Music. So, it can be Apple Music. I love Apple Music. Yeah. But if I'm a huge Bruce Springsteen fan. Okay. I'm a huge Beatles fan. You know, I love those guys. But I think I would miss a specific genre more than most. I'm going to go for jazz from mid-1950s to late-60s. Got it. Okay. Now, you've got one movie. Oh, my word. You see, one of my favourite all-time film stars is Clint Eastwood. Uh But he doesn't make films like The Godfather, you know. So do I go with something that I know is is great quality, or do I go with something that's going to make me feel good? You know, I'm going to go with something very left-field, and it's the animated version of The Iron Giant. Well, I never... You know what, Sean? I I would never have thought of these. Right, so you've got the last question, right? It's, It's a food or drink question. It can be either but you've got one naughty pleasure you can take. Uh, food, you mean? Food or drink. Okay, because you, your basic stuff, your bread and water is all taken care of. It would be uh, a tin of Heinz tomato soup. <laughs> you know what? I would. I, 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 I kind of second-guess I thought I, I, a million miles off any of those answers. Anyway, there we go. There we go. That was it. Yeah. Well, thanks for tuning into our ninth episode. We will be back in a couple of weeks with more analysis and not too serious conversation about big tech, little tech, and everything in between. This has been a Sean Weston Media production. I was Sean Weston. And I was Rick Huckstep. Hold up. 